Hello, <laughs> hello and welcome to another episode of Menace to Sobriety with your host with the most. I mean, I don't mean to boast, but it's me, Dan O'Reilly, aka Dapper Laughs. Thank you for joining us for another episode. Um, listen, man, I love it. I've been reading all the comments in the YouTube um, and trying to get back to as many of you can as I can. I, I, I sit down on a, on a Sunday and I start um, replying. So do always interact and I'll try and get back to you. But uh, loads of positivity and um, yeah, man. As I say, that it's it's evolving organically. This podcast into something really beautiful, great stories, um, inspiring conversations, and more importantly, connection that we're sharing with you. Um, and yeah, I'm always on the lookout for guests that have got great stories. So uh, fire them into us and let me know, and uh, maybe you could be on the podcast. This next guest, I'm going to introduce again. Um, I kind of know. Uh, I'm going to introduce you. I kind of know. We've bumped into each other a few times, and um, then I found out about a story and thought, you know, brilliant. Let's get you on. Let's have a chat. Let's see if you, if your sharing can uh, can help our audience. But before we get into it, John, how are you? Uh, big shout out to our producer, John. I'm doing good. We got rid of the little like target thing that was on my face last time. Oh, are you actually on the camera I'm now? On, I'm on camera now. Yeah. Why? Say hello to your fans out oh, there. Man, I got double chin. Oh, you only just noticed. You've not got a mirror at home. No, no, it keeps breaking <laughs> for some reason. Oh, okay, sorry. okay. It's great to see you, John. Yeah, you too, man. Okay, nice beautiful to be stuff, beautiful stuff. That's John oh. R. Oh, sorry, almost revealed. Almost revealed our guest. It's all good. Oh, whoa, whoa. Yeah, all right. Without further ado, this is a bit all over the place today, but I love it. Uh, welcome to the stage, Anna Jasper. Hello. How are you? I'm good, thanks. How are you? Good. Let's make sure we keep you nice and close to the mic. This mic is... We've had to use this water to stop this mic moving because it's creeping towards you, but... It's show business. It is. This is it. Um, how are you? I'm good. Yes. Good, thank you. Good. Yeah, how good. are you? I'm good. We we kind of know each other, don't we? A little bit, yeah. yeah we've we've uh, had probably a cumulative maybe half hour conversation. talking so far. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we bumped into each other first off at, uh, at an event. That, that I'm yeah. associated with a company I'm associated with, yeah. And uh, you are too. You're a guest at the event, mm -hmm. and uh, we kind of had a little chat there. I think yeah. your friend actually collared me uh, that she did. night. I'd asked her too. Oh yeah. really? She already knew you. I said, "Oh, can you introduce me?" Please? Oh, brilliant! Yeah. yeah. And she said, "Oh my God, Anna's got this amazing story. She's sober because we'd spoken, and I didn't realise that you were like sober. I think mm -hmm. me and you were the only sober people <laughs> at that event. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah. So um. So I said, yeah. Send me more info, and I'll pass it over to the illustrious producer John, and he uh, he helps me pick um, pick the guests, and he obviously thought you were interesting enough to Ooh, come on, which was thanks, good. John. Oh, and uh, <laughs> and um, and yeah, man. So so here you are, and uh, but since then, uh, weirdly, I saw you uh, on uh, fit on set on your film on yes, the film. Yes. That's right, <laughs> and then at an event um, that I'd done the other night, which was wicked, wasn't it? In mindset maintenance, it was amazing. Yeah, really good. I saw that you were coming to Portsmouth, which is my hometown. Oh right, so yeah. That's literally why I popped along. Brilliant. I didn't know anything about it until you'd put it on Instagram. Yeah. And um, it was, yeah, very interesting, very powerful. A lot mm. of the stories from mm. everybody there, and um, quite astonishing how brave people can be. Just yeah. putting it all out there for everyone. Well, you're being brave now. I'm going to try. <laughs> coming on the podcast. Um, yeah, so you wanted to share your story. How come you wanted to share? Uh, because I think it is important to share these things, mainly because you could help somebody that's going through something right now. Yeah. And also, I like to try and highlight the fact that 
going through stuff is so normal. Yeah. It's more normal than not going through stuff. And yeah. there's still so much stigma and silence around everything. Whereas we've all got a story of some sort. And mm. I just think we need to make it more normal to be not normal. You know? Yeah, I love that. And also for me, it's like this, this, I always say this, but this podcast kind of started off with celebrities and then mm. authors, psychiatrists and all this jazz. And where it's kind of taken me now, um, is like what I think are just relatable people, which is just so much easier for the audience to connect yeah. with. And also different demographics. So like young lads, like I had a, like a personal trainer, you know, we had a scaffolder, you know, a, a, a older, mature women, younger women. And now we've got like a younger lady like yeah. yourself. And I just think that this sort of landscape that shows that the problems that we discuss on here is kind of like, Universal. Everywhere. Universal, yeah. yeah. And that's what I said to you, I think, when I first met you. I was like, your podcast has got a lot of men on it at the moment. Yeah. Would you be interested in a female point yeah. of view? Yeah, yeah. And I was like, no, not women. <laughs> they are the cause. <laughs> that's the reason I drink most of the time is because of my wife. No. Uh, <laughs> she, she did drive me to drink and drugs many wow. times. <laughs> uh, shout out to Shelly. I'm only joking. I love you. Um no, um, all right, cool. Well, look, listen, let's. I like to start the podcast by rewinding all the way back to give the, the audience some context about, mm -hmm. about your story. So, tell me about what your, um, what your, char what your childhood was like and, and your first sort of experience in, in all of this. Uh, childhood was, I would say, mainly lonely. Mm. Uh, both my parents were, I'd say, workaholics. Okay. Uh, my dad worked away in London during the week, so I was only home weekends. Mm. Uh, my mum. <clears throat> Sorry, put herself like through uni and um, then herself became quite a workaholic. And so me and my brother, I wouldn't say brought up ourselves, but we were pretty much always on our own. Yeah. You know, so and he was very popular. I was the opposite. I was very introverted, the weird kid, you know. Right. So I was just very lonely. And um, I think at about 11, my parents split, right. which sent me a bit um, depressed and very upset. And I was 12, I believe, when I first drank anything um and got drunk and passed out you know so right from the very off um i had a very bad and negative relationship with alcohol can you remember where you where where it was and what yeah and also could you talk me through why why do you think you had why do you think alcohol appealed to you i mean not just from like you know wanting to get wasted because obviously you were going through stuff but what what had you seen alcohol was up to that leading up to that okay so leading up to that both my parents were heavy drinkers mm. um and so i'd always seen them drink daily um it didn't really ever affect either of them mm. so my mum magically never got hangovers i don't think my dad did either and it was just very much a social thing they were very social people so we had lots of house parties where everybody was Drinking. just getting drunk all the time um so i think i'd always seen it as a fun thing mm. i think as far as i know like i've just always had that addict component in me anyway and before alcohol i was addicted to food i used that as um like my friend i think because i was so lonely all the time i used to just eat a lot and that caused a lot of up and down weight issues and uh eating disorders and stuff throughout my life and then with the alcohol when i was 12 where my parents had split we went over to france to stay with a friend um and it was christmas time so everyone, everyone was, was drinking. drinking yeah yeah and so i stole a bottle of cider two percent woo mm. um but basically Enough. yeah <laughs> when you're 12 yeah and i drank the whole two liters and then just ended up passing out where did you take the the, the bottle of cider 
Uh, so they had they lived on a sort of farm and they had a big old football field out the back and the boys uh, my brother and then there were like five lads in that family and they were all out on the football field playing football and I was just sat watching on the side drinking and that was that wow yeah so what did you get from that how did that feel and 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 what and and do you think do you think that feeling stuck with you yeah I think the feeling was that my emotions dulled Mm. like you could feel them you know, taking a massive back seat yeah. and sort of became numb. So while I'd been really upset and depressed about my dad leaving us and everything, and then having all of that sort of recede at last, just yeah. for a little bit of relief for a little while, I guess I didn't think of it that way back then. It became a coping mechanism. Definitely, yeah. And then I think where I was still so lonely going through teenage years and struggling and not knowing how to process emotions or anything, the alcohol and later drugs and whatever became your friend. Yes. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Do you know what the crazy thing is? It's like everyone that comes on, it's uh, there's such a similar mm. sort of turn of events. And before we move on to your to 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 where your story goes, I just want to because I always kind of skim past this bit, but I just want to sort of sit on it for a second. So my mum and dad broke up, but I was really, really young. I was like two, three years old. And my sister, she was a bit, she was a couple of years older than me, but she really felt the brunt of the the <clears throat> divorce. Mm. It was a really messy divorce as well. But I never really felt like, like pain from it because by the time I was whoever I was, I mean, I can't remember many years up until I can't. My memory starts when I'm really older, mm. you know, seven, eight, because so much crazy shit had gone on. But I never felt like a, a sadness because of a change of situation. I always kind of knew, you know, me and my mum and my sister on our own, and my dad was whatever, and we could see him when we could see him. So, because this is so many people go through this. How does that? What was the feeling from your? What I'm trying to, I guess, find out is. How did that impact you, the divorce? Like, what what were you feeling, and, and how did that make you? Did it sort of emphasise even more that you were on your own? Yeah, and I think I sort of felt unwanted, unloved, rejected by my dad because he'd left. He'd left everybody, didn't he? But um, I also then found out it was because he'd been having an affair. Right. Um, so it's like he chose someone else, not you, not me. You know. So yeah. Just rejected, I think. So, uh, and do you think that, it, did it affect you more than your brother? I would say so, because I'm, in their words, a very sensitive, emotional person. Um, it definitely did affect him. And I remember one memory, my mum t- was too upset to deal with me. So she said, go speak to your brother about it. And I went in and said, oh, mum told me to come talk to you. Can we talk about it? And he was like, no, absolutely not. Go away. Mm. And so I was just. You know, bounce from one to the next and then just alone and I didn't try after that I didn't reach out yeah. again after that so that was his way of coping with it on his own he wanted to yeah that's how that's how us men cope really we'd, yeah. we'd much rather like do you know what shut up I don't want to talk yeah. about it whereas you want to try and you want to find answers yeah and especially with somebody else that's going through it or can sympathise it's nice to be able to share yeah. that with them and I don't blame him we were young like, it's not a it's not a thing between mm. us, but it just emphasised that I was just alone. Is there more your father could have done with you? Do you think growing up? I'm just thinking from a perspective here. I don't want to. I don't want to pull pull in too much mm. into your life. 
but I always think of my listeners or the listeners and uh, of the podcast and my mind always always goes to us men that are making mistakes right because mm. I really feel this what this podcast <laughs> has been for me just yeah. like shedding all my mistakes out and trying to work my way through the shame and guilt and you know love myself again <laughs> which I feel like I am by the way um, but there's lads out there that may uh, have cheated or um, left their families for other women and have kids. What do you think is important for them to do, especially with their daughters? I think communication is the key in nearly everything, really. Yeah. So, I mean, breakups of relationships is, again, perfectly normal. There's just a certain way you could go about it that's a lot more healthy and, you know, conducive to your kids or mental health yeah. growing up so maybe not cheat that's always a good idea maybe <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> it's an option yeah, yeah. Uh, but i mean i'm trying to i'm trying to find <laughs> answers for the for 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 the, those knobheads out there that are in the same boat as me that might, i mean i'm, I'm not cheating talking. but I'm, what i mean is is you know for lads that have done these things that, yeah. that may that have created this damage you talk. know yeah talk. honestly just talk i mean my dad you know, if he well, never you, is never going to be that way. He's a man's man. He's, yeah. He doesn't open up. Yeah. Oh, but I if he had sat you down is. and said, "Look, I didn't. I haven't chose someone else over you." You know, it's not. Mm. You know, I love you, and you know, I, I will always be your dad, and nothing yeah. will ever change. It could have made a big impact for you. I think so. And um, a while ago, while I was still drinking, I did visit him and um, sort of forced that kind of conversation out of him as an adult I was ready to be able to talk about it and we did we cleared the air and he explained his side of it and his point of view and it all makes sense and like I've forgiven him completely yeah. so like I say the power of talking and yeah, wow, just yeah. explaining your own point of view yeah is huge I think it's before we carry on I just like I, I find it so interesting this whole parenting thing because <laughs> like we're parents right yeah. as well but we're, we're parents but actually we're still children in our like, minds oh. isn't it it's weird <laughs> why are we in charge of anyone yeah <laughs> it's it's yeah. very strange and um like i i often think to myself you know my mum bless her she's she's had a hard life and she's made mistakes just like um i'm making mistakes now but mm. you know parents are people pe that that's the you know? that's the thing when i look at my mum you you know your mum and dad you just see them as your mum and dad yeah. you forget that they were like just normal average everyday just people doing the best they can dealing like with we all are. yeah dealing yeah. with relationships that are falling apart i mean there's nothing worse than being in a relationship where you've got kids and it's not working i mean it's mm. it's 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 horrible so yeah i think out there as as adults we need we do need to cut our parents a little bit more oh, yeah, definitely. but but try and talk yeah so where did this go then what talk me through what um what happened next so how did how did your journey continue from from that first time that you mm. you 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 found drink i did yeah uh yeah so then it was just a very unhealthy relationship all the way so if i was drinking as we know like you have one it's never enough so i'd always just drink to get as drunk as possible and for many years uh it was fun you know i'd be drinking drugging clubbing mm. um but there were many different stages over my life and weed was a big one for quite a while and that was mainly because you know it gave me the great excuse to be lazy and do very little but i also felt like i wasn't quite normal if i wasn't stoned or on something so my normal state I didn't like it. I was very uncomfortable in my own skin because I wasn't who I wanted to be. Mm, I sort of so always knew who I wanted to be and who was sort of in there somewhere, but I didn't know how to get there. 
Mm. And so I was always trying to just hide from it and run from what I actually was at the time. That's so interesting. It's like we have a perception of what we should be. Mm. And if we don't meet that criteria in our mind, we're like, well, okay, well, I'm just going to get smashed then. (laughs) (laughs) Don't want to know that one. Yeah, Yeah. 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 Um, and then so if we fast forward a while, um, what was it, nine, nearly 10 years ago now, uh, my mum got sick yeah. and uh, passed away within like eight months. Oh, I'm sorry. And it just catapulted my drinking to just the absolute next level. I could not cope with it. I did not. I had no coping strategies whatsoever because I'd never learned any or put any in place. My only coping strategy was to just get out of my head. And so yeah. to it's try funny, and deal with that. It's, it's funny you say that, like that saying, mm. listen to the words, yeah. get out of my head. Yeah. And it's like that phrase is coined like for us, oh, do you want to get out of your head? Yeah. Isn't it mad? I've just realised that. It's <laughs> the, it's, it, the phrase is coined like, do you want to get out of your head? Like, should we get out of our head on this? But I never realised what it actually meant. It actually yeah. means like in the, in the context that you've used it, you wanted to get out of your head actually yeah yeah i wanted to be somewhere else someone else just did not want to be going through what i was going through how did she what did she pass on uh, bowel cancer and was it a quite a was it a difficult journey was you with her through that journey uh yeah kind of so she lived in swansea so it was a four hour mm. trip away and i had a young son at the time he was like four i think when yeah. she was no three He'd only just started school, so yeah, it must yeah. have been four when she was diagnosed. So it was really hard. Mm. So um, at, when I was working full time, I was at uni, that I was doing all sorts. So um, trying to get up and see her as often as I could, but also the drinking was just getting completely out of control. And I was just doing really stupid stuff. But I was with her when she passed and everything, and it just yeah, yeah. I wish I, I don't like to regret anything, but if I hadn't been drinking, that whole time could have been very different yeah i can tell that's got a bit difficult for you Mm. isn't it yeah i can tell yeah but then if it hadn't been the way it was i wouldn't be where i am now because i think if i hadn't had that big um thing to catapult me into such bad drinking i Mm. think i would have just stayed on that sort of plateau that you thought was acceptable yeah because it is isn't it yeah like especially the friends i had uh it was just normal yeah to get as drunk as possible all the time. Yeah, that's oh man, it's so interesting. It's like it's the, the biggest thing that I I've learned is that like fuck man, like you can go through your life drinking hard when things get a bit stressful, right? And you know, that's all well and good your your coping strategy with life being drinking drugs, you know, mm-hmm. until something really bad happens. Exactly. And then when something really bad happens, it can fucking kill you. Yeah. And it's like, you know, so you know, you end up I've, not coping at all. Yeah, I've got a friend of mine at the moment that's um, struggling with with um, drinking drugs, and his one of his parents is same thing Mm-mm. on his way out, and um, worries me a little bit about how you know how yeah. how that's going to affect his drinking. But how long did that go on for? That really, that really sort of and uh, and, and talk to me just just to get context, if you don't mind. Mm-hmm. How bad was the drinking? What was your drinking like? So, yeah, the really bad stuff was about two years and um, it's what we call 24-hour drinker. So if I was awake, I was drinking and it got to the stage where um, I wouldn't be able to... I was never sleeping, I would pass out because I'd drink enough to pass out because I hated being awake. Um, And I'd go to bed and I'd make sure I'd have a bottle of wine or something next to the bed because I knew that halfway through the night or in two, three hours I'd wake up and 
I was at the point where I was just always in some form of withdrawal, like the physical shakes and feeling absolutely awful and wanting to go back to sleep. So the only way to do it would be to, you know, neck yeah. more and try and pass out a little bit. Fucking hell. And drugs? Uh, yeah, there was cocaine and stuff at the time. Not all, not every day, but yeah, it, it wasn't was part good. of it. It was, unfortunately. Yeah, not worst good. thing for fucking. That's you just I, oh. Well, that's what I was like when my father passed. It, like, I always, always look back and I think to, I think to, <laughs> I think I, was, fuck, how did I survive that? It's mad. <laughs> you know, I can yeah. remember sitting in a stairwell just on my own during the days. Um, you know what I mean? When mm. everyone else just think like not and just thinking and the weird thing about it is is you don't at the time you don't think that it's bad you think i just need this just because i can't be fucking bothered you know i just need this you know i mean i hated myself on what i was doing but i didn't see that the thought of having to stop it all and everything that would ensue after that i just thought no i'll just have another bottle it's way easier that's the quickest easiest Mm. option what do you mean like the 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 thought of tidying your life up was too much yeah and you just think well i was just thinking but i've it's all so bad like how on earth do you even start repairing it and making it better so how did you uh i went to aa that got me sober how did that conversation start did someone did someone say to uh, you? No, I was just. Was there was, there, was, was there a series of of events though, like rock bottoms were, were like because like for me and for many other people, it's like scary stuff starts happening. Mm. You know, bad decision making or, oh, or, yeah. <laughs> or some scary shit happens, and you're like, yeah. There was one night where um, my brother was texting me from holiday, showing me his happy pictures, and I was like, oh, that looks lovely. That's great. Hope you have a great time. And then the next message was, please promise me you'll look after my son, and in his head just alarm bells like whoa not the right text message um so he tried calling me i wouldn't answer so he phoned my stepdad who lives near me um and this was like two in the morning and so i got a stepdad banging on the door and it was good because like that text message did mean what he thought it meant that i was definitely considering you know ending things because it you just were got, thinking about it that yeah way. i was and i was just like this is just horrendous like i can't keep doing this it's not fair on my son it's you know it's just awful like it just needs to end and as i said the thought of trying to repair it all and fix it all i just couldn't even see that as an option Mm. so again to me the easiest option at that time was to um yeah end it but my stepdad came around and stayed with me for i think three four days um and because he refused to get me any alcohol or whatever, I ended up going through a withdrawal and everything. What, did he sort of come in and say, you're not leaving and I'm staying? Basically, yeah. Wow. And he looked after my son and everything and um, I just stayed in bed. I mean, I physically wasn't able to do anything. I was in a horrendous way. It's hard for you, isn't it? And looking back, and especially because you was a mum, right? Yeah, and I think, especially as a single mum as well, People forget the amount of like responsibility as a yeah. single parent. There it's is. non-stop, right? It's yeah, just like every single decision, every single responsibility, everything like sole breadwinner. The whole lot is on your shoulders, and then to look at it, like I managed to thankfully keep him clean, fed in school, mm. but apart from that, everything else just fell apart completely. Um, mm. And to think. You're failing at your most important role in life. Mm. It's just horrendous. 
Yeah, I know you was a little bit concerned chatting about that because people can be quite judgmental, you know. But the, but like we said outside, the, the, that's the truth. That's the mm. face of addiction, you know. There's, yeah. There's going to be, unfortunately, many people out there that don't even think that they have an issue with yeah. drinking drugs that are parenting. Because I didn't. Before it all went really bad, I thought I was just a normal drinker even though I was a heavy drinker, because my friends were doing it too, I thought, well, that is just how everybody socialises and just everyone has a no bottle of wine a night, right? Like it's dinner time or, mm. as you said the other day, like if you're happy, oh, I'll celebrate. And if you're sad, oh, I'll commiserate. Mm. And if you're stressed, like, oh, okay, it's stress relief. There was always some reason, some excuse yeah. why it's acceptable to get drunk. Yeah. It's like my mate, I was... I, he's in my mind today because I was speaking to him this morning and he was like, uh, you know, he was like, yeah, I just need to cut it down. You know, I just need to cut it down. Mm -hmm. And I was just like, that's not how we drink. No. <laughs> you know, we. And I don't know how he felt about well, that. But I mean, that isn't how we drink, mm. is it? I mean, no. if even if we're celebrating or like you say, we're down and we're stressed or we're bored or... You know, we're at the airport. Yeah. <laughs> They're excuses. Yeah, and and you don't but, need them. But I'll drink anyway. Yeah, but the the funny thing about it is, our drink doesn't change. You know, at a wedding, or a funeral, or a fucking christening. Kids party. Kids party. <laughs> yeah. Stressful at a kids party. Yeah. You gotta have a few bottles. Like yeah, you. yeah. It doesn't change, does it? It's the same. Mm. So talk me through what happened next, man. So what did so he he uh, stayed with you, kept you know you kind of what you had three or four days, yeah. And was that it? You never drank since. No, um, but it didn't go back up to the bad levels, and I'd got myself into AA meetings and stuff, and was just starting to learn yeah. everything that they preach, teach, whatever way you want to look at it. Yeah. Um, and I hated it at first. I really hated the fact I even had to be there. I was really angry that I even had to be in that room with these yeah. people doing this stuff and like doing their little chants and the mantras. And I just thought, you know, why am I here? Mm. But I kept going because I knew I needed to be there. And for the first couple of months, I was still drinking, just not as heavily. Um, and I just kept looking at all the guys and girls that had been there like 25, 30 years, still going, still sober. And I just thought, I absolutely want <laughs> what you've got. Like, I will just sit here and listen to you and watch you and I'll, I'll do whatever you tell me to do. I just need to get out of the hole that I'm in. Mm. And with each day, each week that went by, it got a little bit easier and there was like a little glimmer of hope coming in. Mm. And then when did you have your last drink? Uh, the the last drink was the 6th of December 2015. And drugs? Um, oh yeah, before that, a couple of weeks before that, I don't have a date on that because I didn't yeah, consider yeah. myself addicted to yeah, yeah. drugs. So, so 2016? 15. 15? Yeah, so 15. I'll be eight years sober this December. Wow, that's... Yeah. <laughs> eight years. Yeah. Eight years, so, wow. How do you stay sober? I mean, and do, since since you've been sober, mm -hmm. have you been, has anything happened in your life that has nearly sent you back? Um, Only recently actually and uh it really really knocked me for six i haven't ever drunk again i've never wanted to it's never even been a consideration which i thank everything for mm. um but yeah i thought i was mentally really strong and level and that could cope with pretty much anything because i'd learned so many different strategies along the years and i thought i was level and okay 
Um, and then this year in particular has just been really hard. Like I lost my job earlier this year. Yeah. And um, I haven't found a new one yet. And like financially took a massive hit and I found it really hard. And again, started going into that mental space of feeling like a failure. Yeah. Um, in life as in general, but mainly as a mother, I felt like um, I wasn't, you know, providing. I felt like I wasn't now the sole breadwinner. I wasn't a breadwinner whatsoever. I felt like, um, like I've just sent my son on his school trip, but it was a struggle just to scrape all that money together. And um, every time he asked for, you know, a takeaway, I'm like, panic. Like, oh my God, I can't even afford that these days. I felt like an absolute failure, loser, pathetic, like all those words. And they just kept coming at me all day, every day. Mm. Um, yeah, so it did. It got bad in August. He went away for a bit, and um, once again, I found myself at the point where I was going to kill myself. Oh my god! It was awful. Like it was bad. I mean, I'd written all the letters. They were enveloped and sealed and whatever. And I'd, you know, when they tell you like if you terminal, like get your affairs in order. I'd done that. I'd sorted out everything that needed sorting out, ready to just you know go. And like I'd. I'd convinced myself it was the right thing to do for my son. I thought, I'm now no longer able to look after you and care for you in the way that you need and deserve. So so it'll be better if... It's okay if you're upset. It's, yeah, it's so really... I honestly, I did. I really convinced myself, like, I've achieved all I need to in life. I'm done. You know, I thought, right, that's it. Let's exit now rather than so make hard. things any worse, you know? Shit, man. Yeah. I didn't drink though. I was going to say <laughs> yeah. that's that's yeah, and I'm. It's quite like listen. You've obviously got you know strategies in place, like you like you said before, to cope, and you leaned on them, but they didn't mm. work for you. No, for the seven years I'd been making myself into the person I'd always wanted to mm. be, and was finally so happy with who I was. And then this past year, I just felt like I'd completely veered off that path. And was no longer the person that I'd been so proud of and loved, and I did mm. not love myself at that time at all. And I was really shocked because I would say it was an absolute rock bottom, mm. and it had never occurred to me that as a sober person you'd hit rock bottom. Yeah, you know, it just hadn't occurred to me that that was a thing at all. And although I never believed like you don't always just go up, do you? Life is always like that, but. I, you did, didn't I never you didn't thought think I'd be back down there. You did, you'd feel how low you did when you... Yeah, I didn't think like it was After possible. all that work. Yeah, yeah, I thought after my mum's passing, I thought that that's it's the saddest gonna... I'll ever be. I'll never feel anywhere near that whatsoever. And then yeah, I just, I honestly thought it was just the best thing just to Yeah, well, that's, that's, that's what, that's what, hap that's what people, everyone that's considered or, you know, I've been there. Mm. And you, you, do, it's the craziest thought, man. Yeah. I mean, you look at life now, you look at your son now, and you look, but it's because you're having mental health problems. Yeah. It's as simple as that. You know, there's no, even you talking to me now, I can tell you, you you're kind of saying it in a way where you're kind of like, I can't believe I was fucking thinking that. Yeah. Like, you know, and like, how wrong could I be that, mm. you know, that it'd be better off for my son? And you feel yeah, such guilt and shame, right? But, but your mind convinces yeah, you. Yeah. But because you've got mental health problems, yeah. right? And like, as addicts, you know and whatever else we're dealing with mm -hmm. with 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 uh childhood trauma and every emotional um immaturity or whatever you want to call it whatever's going on with me you with everyone out there 
when life gets really, really hard, and I think it all comes down to one thing, and it's like suddenly, fuck, I don't want to be me. And yeah, like so, it, exactly. yeah, and like yeah. suddenly, like because you know, this is what everything that I talk about on here seems to come back to: mm. not being happy within yourself. It's like all, all like we try and escape ourselves, yeah. right? And then, but we and learn I had no escape at that time. Yeah, and you had no escape, but we learn through our sobriety to sit with ourselves, right? Mm. This is what I'm learning. Um, and like you said, you know, you 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 get comfy with yourself. Like right now, you know, I done a video the other uh, the other day where after my run on Sunday yesterday morning, and I was just sitting there looking at the water, and I was like, oh man, I'm one of these spiritual twats now, where where I'm just <laughs> like, I'm so happy, you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> but I was sitting there, I had the endorphins from the run, but I mean, I was sitting there and I was like, man, my life is pretty peaceful, you know. And it was so poignant on a Sunday as well. Mm. Um, uh, but as soon as like something negative happens and it's like and then you're like oh no actually shit I'm not perfect oh yeah. fuck and then you're like I can't sit with myself I normally would go oh do you know what uh, drink sniff whatever mm-hmm. so you didn't have your coping strategy so no. don't don't please don't beat yourself up too much about that but you've got to be aware that you know when you feel yourself have you felt yourself since going back there or has it been a steady upwards and how did you get yourself out of that what what, what was it that really pulled you through that oh, um I sort of swallowed my pride and asked somebody uh, for a loan just to sort of cover me for a little bit. Uh, it was really financial pressure. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I felt like I, I, it just kicked. Yeah. I felt like just a failure that I couldn't provide or I wasn't doing what I'm supposed to do. Um, and so I sent off this text message and I thought if they say yes, we, you know, we live to do another day. And if they say no, we do not. So fucking hell. Thankfully, who was <laughs> they that? Said yes. If you don't mind me asking, my uncle. He doesn't know that. Right. <laughs> but, uh, Saved your life. Yeah. Well. Well. Yeah. So, uh, but no, I wouldn't say it's been all up. Like I've had little dips back down, but then I remind myself. You know how like uh, you were even saying it the other day, like um, before you go for a drink or anything, you fast forward it yeah. like, to get to that. These days, I now rewind back to that moment where if you let your mind go yeah i was like right if we if we go again we're laying out those goodbye notes once again and getting it all ready like we're not going back there like no so yeah. i have to now just bolster myself back up and as soon as those bad thoughts start coming in, it's like you've got two bits of, i've always thought of it as like you've got two minds one is you and one is something else just giving you all the negative i call crap. it i call it the imp the imp. the imp. The imp's always chatting her away. And there sometimes we go. Okay, we'll call it the imp yeah. from now on. The imp of the perverse. Yeah. yeah, and he's an arsehole. Yeah. Like, so as soon as he starts coming in now, I'm like, no, no. And I you know, swat him away and start remembering the good stuff and saying good things to myself instead. Even if I don't feel it at that particular point, I'm like, I'd still rather say that to myself than yeah. listen to that nonsense. And that's how you kind of self-talk, Yeah, yeah. And that's how I got through like the seven years. And I just, I went through that phase where I just wasn't able mm. to do that. Like my mind wasn't strong enough to be able to combat the imp. <laughs> the imp. John, the what, imp. Is it, what does your imp say to you? So my, my imp is like perpetually kind of, I guess, like catastrophizing. It's like, it's yeah. almost like I'm responsible for everything. It's kind of more like an obsessive compulsive anxiety way. So it's constantly 
trying to like make me responsible for things that are completely out of my control and that might be in like a weird like ritual set what like conflicts in the middle east and stuff like <laughs> yeah, that literally, yeah yeah <laughs> well i have some saying that but yeah 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 literally like all kind all kinds of stuff all the time or like just worrying about like protecting people almost in like a magical thinking way but it's like an endless stream mm. it's like association i think it's the same yeah. part of like the comedy brain that makes you have association between like different concepts that you can link together to try and be funny yeah. it's that but it's for disaster and it's just like an endless like you just want to smash your head against the wall yeah. and it stops but yeah so I mean it's not a depressive one but it's definitely like an anxious one yeah, yeah. this is <coughs> the most that's awful <coughs> yeah, it's not great. <laughs> yeah 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 that's just that's him constantly yeah. no but um, the, the, to me the, the most important thing and the most powerful thing is you know managing your mindset it Always. really is because you can't get away from yourself no. and I think that's one of the main issues we all have is that you're stuck with yeah. this thing because but you're with yourself all day every day yeah that's why you have to like yourself yeah it's surreal <laughs> isn't it yeah it's like it's like well i'll give you an example so like john he's naturally he's quite shy he's not 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 shy i'd say that he's is it an introvert not an introvert no, you're an extrovert but what i mean is he's reserved he's not like he don't want to be like crazy wild center of attention he's like no. caring but but uh, I'm polite. He's polite. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I guess what I'm trying to say is he's up a class. Okay. <laughs> but, no. Um, but my point of this being is me and John have both been at gigs before where, you know, his mindset, my mindset has been fucking, I can't wait for this gig and I'm going to fucking smash. Yeah. You're excited and ready to go. You're like, yeah, yeah I can't, I can't fucking wait. And he's like, oh, I'm not sure. And then, <laughs> you know, I've gone on and I, I, I've, I've smashed it and he's gone on and he's done all right. But like rewind to Friday. No, no, I'm just giving you an example. <laughs> rewind to it's Friday, right, rewind to Friday. <laughs> His, he, he had a really busy, uh, sh he was running the comedy night and I could see the Zen, like the Zen in him where he was like quietly confident, not ner you didn't have that nervous energy you'd normally have. Mm. And he went on and he's the best comic of the whole night. He smashed it. He okay. fucking, I folded. I fucking, honestly, we have ups and downs and my head was gone. I couldn't, I could like, I just, I was completely unsure of my, that's what it is, isn't it? Sure. It's mindset. Yeah. I was completely unsure of my ability and it's, mm. it come through into my, and it was because, you know, the prep or whatever, but John somehow had managed to get his mind in a zenful place. And it goes to show that. I think it's because I was so busy up until the point I couldn't even have time to think. Yeah. Like sorting out the thing. Yeah. yeah, but there was more to that. You were excited. Yeah, I was like, you I was, was like, it was like a positive process for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I think that the the he tr he kind of tr if he could learn how to trick himself to do that, and I could learn how to trick myself, which is all part of life. It's with everything, with dating, with performing, with your job. If you can trick your mind. If you if you can learn that process to trick your mind into a zenful state, mm -hmm. not as I'm using the word zen, but into like a positive state. Yeah, you know, and that's what I guess you're talking about when we talk about like you know self talk, right? Yeah, uh, and and realizing and because <clears throat> when you got to that really dark low place where you were writing the letters and stuff like that, you were listening to the voice as if it was you. Yeah. You know that what the voice yeah, was speaking. Over yeah, the voice yeah. was speaking truth, right? Mm -hmm. And I was following it. I was like, "Yeah, you, we're doing the right thing here. We've made the right decision." Yeah. Yeah. So, what advice would you give to people that get that are going down that road with that voice? It's hard. I don't know. I I, I wish I could be more useful. Uh, at that particular time, I didn't talk to anybody at all. Like that's the key, isn't it? Nobody knew, and nobody still knows so when they watch this they're gonna be like what the mm. hell i didn't know any of that and i didn't tell anybody um 
so if I ever spoke to anyone back then, I was still just my happy, oh, yeah. yeah, you know. So I again, as I was saying at the beginning, communication, talking, absolutely mm. key. Um, and I've told a few people since then, like, oh, I was going through a bad patch. And they're all like, well, you should talk. You should open up mm. and, like, just admit you're going through stuff. So simple, but it's, we don't do it. I don't because I grew up lonely and alone, as I told you. I've raised my son the whole way on my own. I've been single, like, pretty much my whole life. I'm not used to opening up to anyone. I've, I don't have anyone to open up in that way you know mm. everyone just expects me just to get on with it because i do just yeah. get on with it and was do that, it all was aa a place where you could talk and open yes. up? yeah that is exactly what Good that is question yes actually um yeah funnily enough like the stuff you hear in there is crazy and yeah. it's the sort of place where you wouldn't hear those stories anywhere else because uh you rely on the anonymity of it yeah. In order to feel secure enough to, to open be able up. To open up. Um, you know, addicts, we've all done some awful, Dark embarrassing, horrible stuff. And to be able to just sit there and say uh, it to unjudge, people. Unjudging. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, mm. I was able to open up there, actually. And actually, back in August, while I was going through that. You phase, weren't doing your meetings, were you? I hadn't been in about four years, actually. Like, they stopped having a useful effect on me but i randomly found myself at a meeting during that time um and you know just sometimes you just go through motions you don't know how you ended up somewhere where you are and i was in this meeting and i was just looking around like what am i doing here i haven't been to a meeting in like four years but i sat down and i did the chants and i you know did all the sayings and it was just really familiar and nice actually to be just welcomed in. And part of something. Yeah. And something so did that I knew had helped me. Uh, I did. Um, yeah, I did actually. I said, I'm going through a really tough time and I'm not quite sure what's going to be the outcome. And, you know, mm. it was nice actually. So I would recommend AA. I know you didn't use it. I've never done rehab <coughs> or anything like no, that. No, I did. I, we I've, all come to it. I've been to the meetings. I've been, I, I go to the meetings. Oh, okay. Yeah. I go to the meetings on and off. Um, I can't. I just with with life, it's mm. very difficult for me to commit. But but you don't need to. That's the beauty yeah. of it, really. And um and uh, I've been encouraged by some some people to to do it because I'll be honest with you, I had and I, I just didn't have the I I, I I I you know what I mean. My ego was like, I, do, I don't need that. I'm doing mm -hmm. it on my own. Yes. And uh, <laughs> it wasn't till I went where I was like, oh god, that was it was you know. And also, what sticks with you is you understand. I mean, this is kind of like meetings yeah. in a way. But what stuck with me when I started doing the meetings was coming out of it, and it actually made me a little bit more. Like, oh, look, I'm just going to tell you this. This is how I'm feeling at yeah. the moment. In fact, Shelley kind of, it does her red in a little bit because, you know, I, I, I express my feelings to her about everything. Yeah. You know, even down to like, if she's like, look, you haven't taken the bins out. I'm like, it's just the tone. It's like, <laughs> <laughs> she's like, mate, just fucking take the bins out. But um, before we finish up, is there anything you want to add or anything? But I just want I just want to say, first of all, man, like, you know, Anna, the um, the beautiful thing about this is, to us, we don't we think what we've been through is nothing, right? Yeah, we do. <laughs> yeah. We think what we've been through is nothing, it's just right? Life. <laughs> it's just, but unfortunately, all these podcasts normally they're all like 
Hollywood or not Hollywood, but fucking, you know, they're all like uh, Z listers or A listers, and they're all like, and all of their journeys is 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 basically um, so much better than everyone else's because mm. they've done TV work or film work or or whatever, right? Yeah. But the truth of it is, their journey is absolutely no different mm. to someone like yours, someone like mine, and other people out there. But we can be made to feel like our journey, like you know, what we've been through we shouldn't be feeling suicidal we shouldn't be feeling us down and we shouldn't and we shouldn't be as proud as we are you know of it but the pure fact that you come on and you shared one thank you mm -hmm. but two it should really sort of you know when you go away from me you should really just sort of have a think and just think wow fucking I managed to stop the drinking mm -hmm. and not just that that when you really hit that rock bottom which must have been so familiar to when your mum passed so it must have brought so much back yeah. to you that pain must have been so you know, you know, it was it, and it yeah. must have reminded you of your mum and 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 that she wasn't there and stuff like that. Yeah, um, and to not drink through that and then to come out and then to share it is just commendable. And thank you, man. Thank you. You're welcome. And is but there is there is another thing I wanted to yes. speak about today. Um, so after I got sober, my son was still about six or seven, and um, at the time he was like quite angry a lot, having a lot of outbursts and tantrums and whatever. And a lot of people like to say, "Oh." Does he have this? Does he have that? And blah, blah, blah. And then I realized one day that he doesn't have anything wrong with him whatsoever. He's simply acting the way that he's been taught to act from my horrible, erratic, alcoholic behavior. Mm. And so I thought, you know what? Like he does not need to go through life this way simply because that's how I've shown him so far. So I realized like he wasn't the problem. I was the problem. So I needed to change myself in order to help him change. Mm. So I was never used to talking or expressing my feelings or any of that. AA helped me a lot to learn how to do that. Um, but I thought in order to try and teach him how to cope with emotions and recognize them and get through it all, I needed to learn it first so I could help him. Mm. So I went through therapy, I put him in therapy. We went to like couple therapy together and did stuff. That's brilliant. And so through years, um, we both learn how to sort of understand emotions, process them, come through them. Like we talk, we... You must be really close now. We're very close. And, and does he tell you when he's feeling down and sad? And yeah, stuff? definitely. And if he doesn't say it, I because we're so close, I look at him, I'm like, what's up? He's like, oh, how do you always know? I'm like, well, just tell me, come on. And we, he knows he can tell me anything. I know I can tell him anything. Mm. And um, it's lovely now. He's not that horrible, angry child yeah. anymore he's very emotionally intelligent and i think that's a big big thing with men especially and changing the narrative changing the the the, the landscape that's just exactly. continuing to happen exactly and i've taught him that even though he's a boy a man you don't need to be quiet it's okay to be vulnerable it's okay to open up there's certain ways of you know just discussing things that doesn't need to make it feel all uncomfortable and weird like so hopefully he's gonna grow as a man mm. able to express his feelings yeah even in our difficult society these days yeah i think i think you're back i think that message at the end i'm glad you put that in because I can tell that you were like, I'll come and share my story, but I'm saying what needs to change. That was the main bit I wanted to say. I was like, if I forget that, I'll yeah. kick myself. You, yeah, because basically what you're saying is... Communication, talking, yeah. it is key to yeah. everything. We're society, like we're social beings. So in order to be social, you need to open up, you need to talk. Like It's easier to teach children yes, how to deal exactly. with their emotions than fix broken adults. Absolutely. Like if I was trying to do it to him now, where he's 14, I'd probably get absolutely nowhere. He'd yeah. just tell him to F off. But because mm. he was young, when 
we started and yeah. because I wasn't just telling him what to do and how to be, mm. I showed him by example and we did it together. Yeah. You know? There's so much so much um about parenting that's so scary yeah. <laughs> and like um, uh, and I, I'm, I'm very I'm very much aware now that how uh, me getting erratic like me getting angry and shouting at the kids the two girls mm. that ain't because of their behaviour that's because of my mood exactly yeah, 100% it you're is. not yeah you're I'm not, not because really yourself. really really if they're like winding each other up and stuff like that I shouldn't be the one that's going oh my god and how's that gonna help yeah that's because I've lost my shit yeah Uh, because normally uh, the the right way to be doing it is to like stop them like and talk to them right and you can't you can't always do that but I guarantee you every time I lose my shit like that it's because I'm trying to do something else while I'm looking after them you know I'm either on my phone or I'm doing something else and I'm kind of tuned in I'm kind of tuned in with it but what I'm also what I'm also tuned in with now is that that that's how sometimes they react. Come on, guys. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's the same thing. So it's exactly, exactly what you're saying. They mirror what they yeah. see. You and know, I'm you're so the role model. Yeah, and I'm so I feel so lucky. I think it's one of the things that that really grants me the, the happiness that uh, that's sitting with me at the moment is that I'm in tune with because mm. I'm sober, I'm in tune with my moods and my behaviors. Yeah. So like I literally, like on Sunday, I was like, right, today is going to be a lovely day. And I was like, I'm not going to let them wind me up. Every time something <laughs> happens, I'm going to try and do... It doesn't always work. No. But those moments where you're thinking about it is the pod... That's the positive stuff, right? Exactly. It's the, it's the positive stuff. So... Yeah. And when they're a little bit older, I guess, you know, it would be talk, you know, let's talk more and talk. I try... I, the difficult thing is with the girls and parenting is... They get annoyed when you ask them stuff, don't they? You know, I even just ask them what they've done at school, and they're just like, Ugh. "Oh, I don't know." Yeah, you start, you, <laughs> my son likes it. <laughs> yeah, well, maybe it's just me. It might, it might just be the dynamic. Like, there's just me and him. Yeah. So he's got nobody else asking him how his day was. I'm always he ask, likes it if I ask how his day is. Yeah, I'm know? always asking them when they're trying to do something else. But oh, well, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but no, parenting's a massive one for also, me. Also, I don't have girls. I think girls are a different animal, to be honest. But, yeah. You know. I think in general they're cra- they, it might be sexist, but they're crazy. Yeah, they're harder. <laughs> My brother's got two girls, and the yeah. difference is massive. Yeah, yeah. But, um, I, I mean, me and him, we get on great, and I've always been conscious of the fact that there's no man around, so I've always tried to include yeah. a lot of masculine activities and do all that, like we play fight and all sorts, like just so he doesn't completely miss out on yeah. that side of stuff. Um, Son, punch me. <laughs> he <Yeah>. does. Yeah. <laughs> he loves but, it. <laughs> but I think, I think, it, you know, it's there is a thin line, like because I know, like, you know, a lot of male role models that are quite famous in the industry and stuff like that. I won't name any names. They can sometimes be like, you know, a man should be a man and a man should. Da, 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 What's but, a man? Yeah, but but like also with like. You don't, a man, you don't have to be, you, you know, I'm an emotional blubbering wreck. I don't mind. I'm like, I'm in touch with all the different sides, man. I've got about 30 sides and I'm, <laughs> but, um, you know, as men, sometimes the thought of being vulnerable and talking about your emotions, you know, it can come across like you're asking them to be like a woman, right? Or right. to or to be like a sissy. Okay. Um. So I think the communication is always key, especially with teenage like younger lads and stuff like that where it's just like like you said a minute ago which i thought was quite good is there's ways you can communicate yeah just Mm. talk like let's just have it out you know and like with your with your mates or with people like lads can just be like look what's up you know 
or just talk, you know, the, the way that you can approach it, it doesn't, I think if you approach some boys and some men with like, listen, it's really important to be in touch with your emotions and just let it out. And if you're going to cry, cry, yeah. you're going to get piss off. Yeah. Basically. You know, it can just be, it can, yeah. it can. I very, try to keep it just as relaxed and normal as well. I don't like to make a big deal. Yeah. Come on. It. What's going on today? What's up? I can see yeah. it in your face. Basically. Yeah. Yeah. And a simple, easy trick, right, is uh, just to not look at each other. So if you're in the car, that's a lot easier because you're side by side. Or if I'm like, I don't know, making a cup of tea, so I'm not looking at him and that's when you ask. It's a really simple psychological it's trick, not but as, just not having to look at each other. It's not as intimidating yeah, to open up. Exactly. Yeah, I you get keep that. keep your voice all calm and normal. You just make it a conversation. Like, come on then, what's up? Okay, that's how me and the wife communicate all the time. Not looking at <laughs> <Yeah>. each other. <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh, Anna, thank you so much. You're welcome. Thank you for having me. And um, yeah, yeah, man, just continue on your journey and um, reach out to me if you ever get low again. Yeah. Don't ever let yourself get there. And uh, I'm sure everyone's going to be in the comments saying how wonderful this chat was. And there was a lot in there, man. So thank you so much. You're welcome. Thank you. And I'll uh, bump into you a few more times. I'm sure. <laughs> I'm sure. Actually, we're at the uh, National Social Media on Award. Wednesday. Yeah, on Wednesday. Yes. So we'll see you there. Excellent. John, anything to add before we go, me old tiger? Uh, yeah, that was a great conversation. There's a like, uh, unique perspective you had. So obviously from like drinking and then the kind of just the mental health stuff outside of the drinking. And yeah, it's just really inspiring that you got through it a couple of times and yeah you, they just everything seems to be like in a good place now and obviously life's still difficult at times but yeah it's, it's inspiring so thank you for sharing well thank it's, you i love that yeah. and um if you want to reach out to anna we're wacko instagram up on here pop that on there so you can you can check that out uh but yeah thank you very much guys for joining us for another episode of menace to sobriety uh we've got a cool little community a little crew i know that there's about twenty thousand of you that are listening each week so i just wanted to say to you guys thank you please share the podcast to uh anyone you think could could use it and um yeah in the comments on youtube just hit me up man just give us some feedback and i'll try and reply to as many people as possible and uh let me know if you like the direction the podcast is going in and because uh, this is our baby man and we're steering the ship together and ultimately we're out here trying to um keep the conversation going connect and help as many people as possible i'm dan that's john that's anna and this has been menace to sobriety thank you thank you hello we are going to take the menace to sobriety to the live stage and we need a live studio audience to interact with us to come along listen laugh and learn everything about sobriety mental health well-being and just come along for a night out with like-minded people we are going to be going live on the 30th of august 27th of september 25th of october and the 29th of november that's one a month get your tickets now come down meet the team and have some fun menace sobriety live coming soon Oh, yes. And don't forget, if you want to come and see me live and meet me, I'm going on tour. The Daniel O'Reilly Out of Character Full UK Tour kicks off in January 2024 and tickets are on sale right now. I'm going to try and get out and meet as many of you as possible. And of course, I'm going to be bringing the laughs all over the UK. There's 23 dates right now and I'm adding more all the time. Hit the link in the bio and get your tickets now and come have some fun. If you're going through a tough time at the moment, please don't suffer in silence. Feel free to pick up the phone and contact any of these helplines. I personally, myself, at one of my darkest points, contacted the Samaritans and it completely changed my outlook and got me out of a really deep, dark place. A problem shared really is a problem halved. So if you don't feel confident talking to those around you, check out any of these organisations and give them a call. This is my Facebook group. Just simply search on Facebook, Men and Their Emotions. It's for men only. 
Uh, but once you're in there, you can talk anonymously about your problems and help others and just feel a little bit of community. So come join the conversation, Men and Their Emotions, on Facebook. Thanks for watching. Menace of sobriety. Just a minute. Just